The views, opinions, and findings contained in this podcast are those of the host and subject matter experts. They should not be construed as official Department of Defense positions, policies, or decisions unless designated by other official documentation. Hi, welcome to Clinical Updates in Brain Injury Science Today, or Cubist, a podcast for healthcare providers about current research on traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI. This program is produced by the TBI Center of Excellence, or TBI-COE. I'm your host today, Amanda Gano. Today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Donald Marion. Dr. Marion is a neurosurgeon and TBI subject matter expert at the TBI-COE. Don and I will discuss a study entitled Accuracy of a Rapid GFAP slash UCHL1 Test for the Prediction of Intracranial Injuries on Head CT After Mild Traumatic Brain Injury by Jeff Bazarian and colleagues and published in Academic Emergency Medicine, August 2021. Hey, Don, thanks for bringing this article to our attention. Could you tell us a little bit about this study? I'd be happy to, Amanda, and good to see you again. As you know, the timely and accurate diagnosis of a concussion is very important in the military, but remains a bit elusive. This is because the diagnosis is made primarily on the basis of the service member's self-report of a traumatic uh, event associated with a brief loss of consciousness, confusion after the event, or amnesia for events immediately surrounding it. The trauma may be associated with a headache, confusion, balance difficulties, or a number of other things. But Amanda, as you're well aware, uh, sustaining a second concussion before you fully recover from the first puts you at significant risk for more severe, prolonged, and possibly even permanent neurologic injury. So it's very important that the concussed service member not be returned to duty until they have fully recovered from their concussion. I, I know, Amanda, you're very aware of this. The problem is that the culture of the military is to get back into the fight as soon as possible, even if this means not fully disclosing the signs or symptoms of a concussion to their command or healthcare provider. Because of the reliance on self-reporting and the reluctance of some to do that, medical leadership and the DOD has pushed for an objective biomarker of concussion. For more than a decade, substantial resources have been invested in the development of field-deployable assays of physiologic and protein biomarkers of concussion. Several of these technologies have received FDA approval and are now being marketed. Among the FDA-approved protein biomarkers are gliofibrillary acidic protein, or GFAP, and ubiquitin carboxyl terminal hydrolase L1, or UCHL1, two proteins found in the blood that have been shown in clinical trials to correlate with intracranial injury on a CT scan in patients suspected of a concussion. During the past two to three years, a device for the detection of these proteins in plasma has been developed and received FDA clearance. Specifically, the technology is a cartridge that can be used with the existing Alinity handheld device currently used by the military for assays of electrolytes and other blood tests. So, long story short, Amanda, this study was done to determine the sensitivity and specificity of GFAP and UCHL1 levels in the plasma measured using the new TBI cartridge for the Alinity device for predicting acute traumatic brain injury visible on CT in banked specimens from a large sample of concussed subjects studied in a clinical trial that was completed nearly a decade ago. 
Yeah, thanks, Don. This is super interesting. And I think that our listeners are really going to be interested to hear more about this technology. So just to be clear, this handheld Alinity device or iStat device is already deployed for use with a variety of other blood tests, correct? And the new technology that's being evaluated is just this TBI cartridge for use with the Alinity iStat, right? Yeah, that's correct, Amanda, with the caveat that the TBR cartridge can only be used to examine GFAP and UCHL1 levels in plasma and not whole blood. Okay, so I think that's really important to make clear. So this is a cartridge that can really only be used in a laboratory setting. Is that correct as well? Yes, yes. You'd need a centrifuge to uh, uh, spin down the the plasma. Okay, thanks, Don. So um, how was this study done? Amanda, this study involved a secondary analysis of banked venous plasma samples from adult subjects who completed the prospective clinical evaluation of biomarkers of traumatic brain injury, or ALERT-TBI, trial that was conducted from 2012 to 2014 at 22 investigational sites in the U.S. and Europe. That study enrolled 2011 acute TBI patients who presented to the ER with a GCS of 9 to 15 after trauma, although 99% had a GCS of 13 to 15 and would fit the mild TBI category. All patients had a non-contrast head CT and had blood sampling done within 12 hours of their injury. The goal of the ALERT TBI study was to correlate levels of GFAP and UCHL1 with CT findings using conventional or enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay laboratory assays. That study found a significant correlation of elevated GFAP and UCHL1 blood levels with acute traumatic brain injury visible on CT. Excess plasma samples were stored at minus 80 degrees centigrade and available for the current study. For this particular study, plasma concentrations of GFAP and UCHL1 were measured using iStat alinity and the TBI plasma cartridge and compared to the presence or absence of acute traumatic brain injury on head CT. Of the 2011 subjects enrolled in the ALERT TBI study, 1,918 had valid CT scans and plasma specimens available for testing. The iStat TBI plasma test consists of a single-use test cartridge for GFAP and UCHL1 that functions with the iStat Alinity system, as I mentioned before, a portable in vitro diagnostic test system. Sample analysis takes 15 minutes and requires about 20 microliters of plasma, and concentrations of the two biomarkers are displayed on the analyzer screen. So it's very user-friendly. Yeah, it, it's a very quick test, too. So that's that's very nice. So what did they find in this study? Sure. To adjust the analysis for only those with mild traumatic brain injury, they excluded the 17 cases with a GCS of 9 to 12, leaving 1,901. The main finding among that group was that among the 1,176 patients with an elevated level of GFAP, 115 had a positive head CT scan, uh, which gave them a specificity for this device of 0.404, which which is uh, frankly not great. Among the 725 subjects who did not have elevated levels of biomarkers, only five had a positive head CT scan for a sensitivity of almost 0.96, and that's a pretty high sensitivity, so that's good. 
Of the five subjects that had false negative biomarker tests, none had surgical mass lesions on their CT, three had uh, subarachnoid hemorrhage, one had a small subdural, and one had small parenchymal contusions. The findings of the study then were roughly the same as those from the alert TBI study that used the medical lab or ELISA for uh, measurement of those biomarkers. Okay, so this relatively low specificity suggests that a lot of concussed service members may be referred for unnecessary CT scans uh, if triage were based primarily on these results, correct? Yeah, and that's that's a big concern, Amanda, because when you're thinking about austere environments and where uh, triage of the service member might put both the service member and the uh, medical people at risk, you probably would like to have a little bit better uh, specificity than that. Right. I also think that it is kind of nice that if you have a negative test here, you can be relatively confident that you do not need to send this patient for a CT scan. Right. Okay, so what were some of the limitations? Um, there were three major ones, I thought. The, first of all, the impact of extracranial injuries on test performance was not evaluated, and, and certainly we know that in, in certain cases, orthopedic injuries can confound the test results. The second was that neither this nor any previous evaluation of these two biomarkers compared their sensitivity and specificity with more conventional clinical assessments of the risk of intracranial injury, such as the Canadian CT head rule or the New Orleans criteria. I think some clinical studies of these tests suggest that their sensitivity and specificity compares favorably with that of these uh, biomarkers in terms of predicting an abnormal CT scan. So I wish that study would have been done. Uh, And then the third is the need for the military is to have a point-of-care test usable in an austere environment. And while it is portable, the ISTAT alinity system with a TBI cartridge does not yet meet that requirement because it can only use plasma and not whole blood. And furthermore, components of the system require refrigeration, Amanda. Yeah, I think that those are really important limitations to know. So what would you say are the key takeaways for providers? So I think we are getting closer to the time when we should be able to incorporate blood biomarker testing into the clinical assessment of a service member suspected of having a concussion. And this will certainly provide important objective information that will help assure the appropriate treatment even for those who are reluctant to self-disclose their symptoms. To be sure, uh, the GFAP UCHL1 plasma test is not intended to diagnose a concussion, but it will help identify those at risk for abnormal CTs. To be field deployable, an important refinement of the technology will be making it usable with whole blood, and I've been told that those studies are currently underway. The key takeaway, though, is that optimal care of the injured service member still requires a comprehensive acute evaluation based on the MACE-2, and tests like these blood biomarkers must be considered ancillary. In those cases where evacuation of a service member might be hazardous, the primary focus should be on the results of the MACE-2 and good clinical judgment. Because of the poor specificity of the biomarkers, there is a high likelihood that the injured service member would be unnecessarily evacuated. All right, great. Well, thanks, Don. That's all we have time for today. You can stay up to date on future episodes by subscribing to Cubist on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can also find links to the articles we discuss and other relevant resources. 
Cubist is produced and edited by Vinnie White and was hosted today by me, Amanda Gano. It is a product of the Traumatic Brain Injury Center of Excellence, a division of the Research and Development Directorate, J9, of the Defense Health Agency, led by Division Chief Captain Scott Coda, Medical Corps, United States Navy. Thank you for listening to this episode. 